You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two sports writers who got started covering the Chargers over five seasons ago doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. I mean, what a mind bleep yesterday was, right? I mean, getting those roster cuts coming through the way they did trickling in. So much to talk about today. Before we get into that, though, thank you everyone who's checking out the show today, especially those who are checking it out for the first time. And make sure to go follow us to make sure you never miss a show anywhere you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. So, David, so much to get into. I mean, we'll start just by talking about all the different guys that got cut in a more general sense and the big surprises that stood out to us right away. And then we'll get more into the specifics of things. Tyron Johnson getting cut. K.J. Hill making the roster. That was a huge one. Our boy Forrest Merrill made the roster. I mean, if there was a saving grace from some of the, you know, the bad predictions, I guess, that we made on our roster predictions, Forrest Merrill was the nice, you know, here's a consolation prize. You get Forrest Merrill. I was very stoked on that. Either way, we'll get into that specifically. Trey Pipkins making the team. Other surprises, you know, Keeman Hall makes it. Amen, Ogbog, Mamiga, our boy Bong makes the roster. Both of us had that, so that was really cool to see. So many good things to talk about, but also so many questionable things as well, because obviously the Chargers still kept three quarterbacks, kept Trey Pipkins, and kept, I think, Josh Kelly as well could be a questionable one, but so much to get into, so little time. Before we get started, though, I will tell you guys, make sure to check out the Locked On preview by the Locked On Podcast Network, August 30th, going on right now, guys, through September 8th. Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team in every division with Odyssey's. Ross Tucker, Jason Lockham, four, and more. So make sure to follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. Let's get into this roster, though, guys, because this was a crazy time for Chargers fans. I know everyone was going through it. It's hard not to overreact, you know, right away, especially when you see guys who have been productive with this team, like Tyron Johnson, miss the cut for the team. But besides him, the other cuts were Michael Badgley, Cortez Broughton, Joe Reed, a fifth-round pick in 2020, Braden Fehoko, Emeka Igbule, Joe Gaziano, Jason Moore, Darius Bradwell, Ryan Hunter, Hunter Campmeyer, Nate Gilliam, Ben DeLuca, John Brandon, Cole Christensen, and Michael Bandy. So that's a mouthful, but obviously at the top of that list, David, are players that you know well. I mean, I think names that most Charger fans would know. Joe Reed is a guy with fifth-round pick. That's crazy, even though we kind of saw it coming. Cortez, Broughton, Brain, Fehoko, a lot to kind of digest with the guys who got cut here. Yeah, definitely. There was a couple of surprises I just wasn't ready for. And it's funny, we were putting the show out and the cut for Emeka Bule comes out and I'm oh, like, yeah. man, I'm already down one. I already made <laughs> one mistake. How many am I going to miss so far today? So that was kind of the, the, the interesting part of the 53 or another aspect of the 53 man roster coming out. But yeah, I I didn't expect some of those names. I felt pretty confident just based off of some of these performances that these guys had done enough to make this roster, but I was definitely mistaken. Yeah. And both of us did pretty good. I mean, I think actually all three of the hosts on their roster predictions yesterday got 50 out of 53. Correct. There's only three guys that made the team 
that, you know, each of us separately, different guys, right, didn't have on our team. The only guy that none of us had was Keeman Hall. And the rest of it, we were all pretty close. So 50 I mean, can you blame us, really? I mean, nobody expected Keeman Hall to make this team. Let's be fair. Well, we all missed on Tyron Johnson because none of us saw that coming either, and we're going to get into that. But I think Joe Reedy put out what the, all the, you know, guys that cover the Charger, Gilbert Manzano, all the beat reporters, Daniel Popper. I think Daniel Popper was leading that with 50 out of 53. Hey, if we're up there with Pop, we're doing okay. So happy to see that, even though it feels like you got some big ones wrong, especially with Tyron Johnson. And then, David, this one comes out of left field. I guess, you know, if we follow the breadcrumbs, right, how late he was playing into some of these preseason games, you also have the situation in joint practice where Brandon Staley himself is going to intervene with him trash-talking a 49ers player. Maybe we should have seen some of those signs, but, I mean, it still slapped me in the face. I did not see it coming. I mean, I literally had a tweet that said, this man is not on the roster bubble just because he was such a productive receiver last year. He was way more productive than Jalen Guyton in way less snaps last year. Seemed like a player on the rise, and just like that, the Chargers keep five wide receivers like you thought, but Tyron Johnson ends up missing the cut. Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, that's why the first thing I sent out was a what? I mean, and I hope people read it in that tone of voice, which is exactly how I I intended it. Because (laughs) I just could not understand or believe that the Chargers were cutting Tyrone Johnson. I knew that they were going to probably keep around five wide receivers, but I thought for sure that he had shown enough to, to earn a spot on this roster. I thought that when he first came into the league with the Chargers, you saw him break in with a huge, you know, 50 plus yard touchdown. And throughout the beginning of his career, the first couple of games, that's what he brought to the table. Just that pure speed element that the Chargers hadn't really had. And then they had that with him and Jalen Guyton. And then throughout the season, he got better as a route runner. I felt like he added different catches and different routes to his tool bag. And he's starting to develop in a better wide receiver. But apparently he wasn't doing enough of that and we don't know the whole story here i truly believe that maybe there's some character concerns so maybe he wasn't picking up the offense as quickly as he should have you did notice that he was maybe lined up in the wrong spot a couple of times and so there's a lot that we don't know that went into this decision and it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, especially when you consider them keeping other players that I feel like did not do enough to earn their spot. One specifically in this case, it's KJ Hill, because I mean, obviously one guy made it at that position and the other guy didn't. And I think Tyron Johnson just has proven production in the NFL. I mean, KJ Hill does not. We saw him out there in some of those same late games last year with Tyron Johnson. It wasn't KJ Hill that was standing out. I mean, with Jalen Guyton, I thought he had a fine camp. I thought he made some big plays. I still thought Tyron Johnson was a better player. And it seems like it just came down to partially him not being able to return kicks because they kept KJ Hill, who, like we've talked about, hasn't done much in the punt return game. I mean, he's even made some questionable decisions that we've seen. I'm guessing they think he's the safest option back there returning punts. Brandon Staley did say in his press conference afterward, The kicking game is a big aspect of those back-end receiver roles. And he also said it's a numbers thing. It was more of a numbers thing, not so much how we feel about him as a player because I got a lot of respect for his game. Something weird happened here, David. If he wasn't picking up the offense, if he didn't seem like he was taking it seriously enough, that is something I think Brandon Staley would definitely kind of be offended by just the way that he likes to coach. We don't know any of that. That's all speculation, but it's hard to just say, It's just how he played or just his talent. doesn't seem like that's enough. 
And he's saying it's the kicking game. You know, we're keeping KJ Hill to be our punt returner, basically. But he hasn't done anything to deserve that job. No offense to you, KJ Hill, but you haven't shown any burst. You haven't shown any agility. You haven't shown any real natural instincts as a punt returner or a kick returner. So it doesn't really make sense. He just doesn't have the tools to properly execute that spot. That's why, for me, I would feel a lot better if you threw a guy who has some actual speed at that position and give Jalen Guyton some more opportunities to return punts. And I feel like after KJ Hill shows a couple of punt returns where he gets zero yards or gets hit in the backfield or he doesn't go forward and get those you know just 10 yards that most punt returns will give you then they'll actually give someone with some real speed an opportunity to see what they can do in that spot I just don't understand it. he hasn't been productive as a wide receiver he has only shown the ability to catch the ball and not fumble which is which is nice but he hasn't shown any real aptitude for that position so that's why it just didn't make sense to me well, I mean, and he did muff a punt last year. <laughs> Let's not forget that either. So we've actually seen him fumble one of those as well. Maybe it wasn't this camp, you know, in this preseason, but we have seen him muff a punt. Brand Staley is not concerned about stuff that happened before he got there. But yes, I mean, I understand wanting a guy back there that you just feel really good is going to catch the ball. But at some point you need to add a dimension there. Maybe that is something that they can look around and see if there is more of a specialist who can be that back end wide receiver to do that job a little bit better, K.J. Hill isn't coming through. But they cut Joe Reed, they cut Tyron Johnson, they keep K.J. Hill on the roster. But there's still a lot from these roster cuts that we have to talk about. So coming up next, we're going to talk about my little baby boy, Forrest Merrill, and the other two guys who were well-deserving of roster spots in the case of Cortez Broughton and also Braden Fehoko, who end up just missing the cut, as well as the Trey Pipkin situation. And we'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football this season. They have a ton of different contests going on right now, guys, where you guys can be winning big money, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. You can also take care of their... You can also take advantage of their opening day special, their super promo. If you guys make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, if you lose that bet, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. It's not just sports you can bet on there, guys. I mean, that's usually what I bet on, but it's also pretty fun to go take, you know, a couple hands at the blackjack table. And you can also play your favorite Vegas casino games there as well. And we can help you guys get started because if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, all caps, one word at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David. Well, I was kind of watching my phone and at work when all these cuts were going through. And I mean, it definitely was a roller coaster of emotions because what we like to do here is champion the guys that made the roster, right? I mean, I don't like to celebrate. When guys don't make the roster, I mean, if we wanted to celebrate Trey Pipkin's replacement, right, if that had happened, I'm saying hypothetically, I'd be right. okay with that. But, you know, you do always want to remember, too, that, yes, some of these guys will have another chance, and there's definitely some guys that will be on the practice squad that we're looking forward to and hoping make that practice squad. But this is the last chance a lot of these guys will have. I mean, there's a good chance 
a lot of the guys that got cut within the last two days might not get another opportunity in the NFL. So that's the one reason I don't ever want to celebrate guys missing the cut, right, and getting cut from a team. But I also want to big-time celebrate when a guy that we're pulling for does make the team and overcome the odds, and that's what it is with Forrest Merrill, who comes from a tiny school as an undrafted free agent at Arkansas State and now is playing with the Chargers. And Brandon Staley is commending him, saying he's our type of guy. So much good stuff, and Forrest Merrill overcomes the odds. I mean, I'm just kicking myself because I didn't have the gumption to put him on my final prediction just because I didn't think they would do it. I thought he deserved it. I didn't think the Chargers would end up doing it. He makes it over Braden Fajoko and Cortez Broughton. And the long shot, you know, UDFA that we were looking at this year ends up making the team. The storied history of success for undrafted free agents for the Chargers will continue with Forrest Merrill. And it's really cool that the Chargers saw him progress and saw him make plays because that's something that we saw. And that's what excited us. Besides, you know, the fact that he looks very similar to Daniel Wade. Um, No, I'm I'm just kidding. Um, But seriously, this is a guy that we really saw make a difference in the middle of that defensive line. A guy who was just creating havoc and getting in the backfield and just using that relentless motor that you really love to see. So this is a guy I think is really going to help this team. I mean, I didn't really expect it to happen. I'll be honest. I think it's probably because I'm scarred from seeing the Chargers hold on to players they've had relationships with in the past over players that deserve to make it. But I think in this situation, Daniel, Forrest Merrill definitely deserved to make it, and he did. Well, it wouldn't even have been that situation specifically because that's like keeping Dan Feeney, right, even though you've seen what he is. Cortez Brown and Braden Fajoko played well, right, and that's what made – this a tough decision, and that's why I would have been okay if one of those guys had made it because I thought both had impressive camps. I mean, Brandon Staley talked about Cortez Broughton and was just saying that they wanted to go with somebody a little bit bigger. He had previously said he saw Braden Fehoko and Forrest Merrill as the guys who would be that more prototypical nose tackle, right? So it seemed like those two guys were duking it out. I was very surprised that Forrest Merrill made it, but I was super excited because Even in the last show I talked about, like, I don't know if he did enough in preseason game three, but what Brandon Staley said stuck with me because he said he's not just doing the right thing, he's getting production too. Like, he's not just getting great penetration, right, and almost getting the running back or getting penetration, almost getting the quarterback. He's on the goal line, swim moving the center and dropping a running back for five yards. Like, he made big plays. He earned his spot on this roster And yes, I mean, he is the funnest looking player on the Chargers right now. I'll say it. He's the funnest one, especially, you know, coming from big guys like you love seeing a guy like that make it right. A little meatball who comes in a little bit undersized, you know, relatively speaking at like six foot, maybe five, 11, 300, maybe height wise. Yeah. I mean, the dude just you can't move him in the middle of that line. And I mean, tank, the Chargers have been pushovers in that regards. Right. As far as the middle of the defensive line for their team, they haven't had guys who were that resistant there. And I think Forrest Merrill brings that and also brings some upside to him. He's a player the Chargers see the talent in and they're excited to work with, according to Brandon Staley. So Brandon Staley also said he wanted to bring some physicality to that defensive line and offensive line. And I think Forrest Merrill is a part of that attitude. uh, And I like it. 
Yeah, and he also said they wanted to get bigger, and they might not have gotten taller, but they got a hell of a lot girthier. I'll tell you that right now. That's with right. Horace Merrill on there. He's going to bring... And Christian Covington, too. I mean, those and are Christian two Covington large And dudes. Linval Joseph. Like That's a lot of beef. That's a lot of beef. I mean, the one thing is, is just you have guys like Josh Kelly making the team, right? Easton Stick making the team, which, I mean, his performance was fine, but Josh Kelly's was not. In the not regular season last year... Right. And in training camp and preseason games this year, I can't speak for all of training camp. Right. But you weren't hearing stories about him the way you were about a guy like Larry Roundtree, who's impressed during this entire process. That one surprised me more. You would think maybe they would want to go with more depth than five guys right at this position, because right now, Christian Covington is the backup for Justin Jones and Jerry Tillery. We know they Uh like to have a rotation. There's only five guys in that room and that can change. And Brandon Staley talked about that and we'll get into it with Trey Pipkins because Trey Pipkins ends up making this team. And David, it's something where we kind of saw it coming. Both of us had him on our our list, right? Because that's what we thought the chargers would do. It still didn't hurt to see, because like I said, I'm not going to celebrate a guy getting cut. And we knew the chargers wanted to keep nine offensive linemen, but he didn't really get a ringing endorsement from Brandon Staley either. I mean, it's something we saw coming, but then when you hear Brandon Staley say about Trey Pipkins, we're just going to hang tough with him. That's not a good endorsement, right, for Trey Pipkins. He also said he certainly has to improve, but we feel like he gives us depth at that position that we feel like we'll need moving forward. I understand the depth part of it, and he's saying, yeah, everyone's seeing the bad plays and credit to Popper for asking about Trey Pipkins specifically, but not everyone's paying attention to the good plays too. I mean, you love the height and stuff at tackle. Having a tall tackle is good and stuff, but like we've seen him struggle so much to keep his pad level down to get down to these edge rushers dipping around him. And it's not just, you know, having negatively graded plays, right, if you're looking at it that way. It's having just giant blown plays where you're getting Chase Daniel absolutely destroyed. Like, we are getting, yeah. you know, tr- Justin Herbert last year at times destroyed. Though that's the hardest thing to do. And the other thing is, David, is the only thing I can make us feel better about this right now, I think, is just maybe there's a chance they are scouring you know this waiver wire like Brandon Staley said that they were and this is a temporary thing yeah and let's be clear we're not this isn't personal we don't hate Trey Pipkins we hate his ability on the football I hate Trey Pipkins (laughs) yeah exactly I mean we just absolutely can't stand the guy no this has nothing to do with him as a person it has everything to do with his lack of ability on the football field We've just seen him struggle with the same things over and over again. We've seen him get beat inside. We've seen him get beat outside. He's slow out of his kick slides. He plays too high. I mean, there's a lot of things there that just give you a lot of red flags, and they haven't really improved in several years. This isn't the first year we've been dealing with this for a while, and that's why I think it's really frustrating to see him make this roster when we feel like he hasn't done enough to prove that he can provide that consistency that you're looking for in a tackle at the NFL level. Because, hey, you don't have to be great. You don't have to be a Hall of Fame tackle. I mean, that would be great, but we really just want consistency. Just eliminate those really, really bad plays that just seem to always plague Trey Pipkins, and then this would be a much different conversation. But that is the reality. Well, and like even some of the, you know, average NFL players, they're playing good on most plays, right? And then a couple of plays here and there, they give up pressure or they blow a running game assignment or something like that. Like you would take that only, you know, once in a while mistake. But with Trey Pipkins, you've just seen him 
get picked on, right? And yeah, the other thing about this is, is like, I hope I'm wrong. Like, I hope David's wrong. I hope he comes out. There I hope I'm wrong has, too. He has to get on the field at some point this season. I hope you see that development, right? I hope he plays better than the last time we've seen him. And with some of the injury history, specifically with Brian Bulanga, you might see these guys, right? I mean, it's probable that you're going to see one of these backup tackles. But when Brandon Staley talked about it, he also said that Storm Norton would be the first tackle on the field because he was asked if it was a swing tackle, Storm Norton, that is. And he said, yeah, he'll be the first one on the field. So, And they said he, that Storm Norton had a really good story coming from, from the XFL and how much he has improved. He says he's a guy that really showed well under this tutelage and a guy that got a lot better and he'd be the first one into the game. And I feel like from what we've seen, Daniel, that we would agree with that assessment. Yeah, I mean, I know you were getting mad because people sometimes were lumping him in with Trey Pickman's having Yeah, a bad, I didn't like that. Know. For sure. He was noticeably better, right? And I thought he played good at times, right? And I thought overall it was probably okay, which, like you were talking about, I'll take that's okay. That's good enough. Yeah, 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 I'll take okay. And that's not even, you know, exploring the options of maybe Brendan Hymas is an option. Maybe Matt Filer is an option to kick back out to right tackle if need be. But the Trey Pipkins things, it just doesn't seem necessary to have him on this roster given those factors. Not any of those other guys behind him played significantly well enough to say they had to have a roster spot right. My first prediction, I think I had Ryan Hunter on it. It's not as if he was a world beater either. I mean, they didn't have a lot going on and with any of that, you know, depth on those. Ryan Hoffman was great. How dare you? <laughs> Ryan Hoffman. How dare you besperch the good name of Ryan Hoffman? But we do have one more segment to get into, David. We're just going to keep talking about Trey Pipkins all night, and that's not why I sat down to record this episode. There's still some more surprises. We're going to be talking about Tristan Vizcaino winning with his special leg. <laughs> that just sounded wrong. <laughs> we're talking about surprises like Kamon <laughs> Hall and our boy Bong making the team as well. We'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about DirecTV Stream. Right now, guys, there's so many different platforms that you can go to do different things, right? You have a video game console to play video games on. But for TV, streaming, live sports, all of that, you go to Netflix for streaming, stuff like that. You go to all different consoles and different apps to get all of the streaming and live TV that you need. Now you can get them all in one with direct TV stream. I use it all the time. I love that you can record live TV and stuff you miss, even if you don't record it, is going to show up on demand on direct tv stream so you can get your tv together it brings all of your live tv and on demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again the best part no annual contract you can get out of it whenever you want so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream and you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I also need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bars. One of the things I love most about Built Bars is that they taste great. Because for me, I wouldn't eat it if it doesn't taste good. I mean, it wouldn't matter. Like, it could be as healthy as possible. It could be the healthiest thing in the world. If it tastes like garbage, I'm not going to eat it. With Built Bar, all the bars are 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And if you're thinking you might not like the flavor... That's great because there's a ton of flavors to choose from. I'm talking peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, coconut almond. There's always a big war going on between the peanut butter brownie and coconut people in our NFL locked on group chat. 
I'm going with peanut butter brownie, but there's so many great flavors that you will find something that you like with Built Bar. You can buy a mixed box to try all of the flavors that they have, and always watch out for the special flavors too. One of the last ones, grasshopper cookie, fire. And the other thing is too, guys, is you don't have to feel guilty about this chocolate covered treat because they all will fit in your diet as well. Most of the bars have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only about four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. And it also tastes delicious. And right now, we can even save you guys some money. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, David, well, this show's gone off the rails a little bit, but I want to talk about a guy that also made the roster that we can be very excited about, and that's our boy Eamon Ogbogbamiga. I always end up saying his name even though we gave him the nickname Bong, and Bong wasn't even the funny word that I have for this segment. That's Tristan Vizcaino's special leg. But Bong is a guy that we had our eyes on early on in Chargers camp. As soon as the undrafted free agent lists were sent out, you see a guy who, you know, who was like all Big 12 at linebacker who played a ton of special teams. We had our eyes on that guy's, hey, that could be a guy that could find a path to make this roster because the Chargers could use a linebacker, but also – They need a lot of help on special teams. So even though, David, he ended up not being able to play in the last game, ended up getting hurt, right? Brandon Staley said for a reason he'll be ready week one. And he also said that one preseason game wasn't going to change their feelings on him. And they followed through. Our boy Bong made the roster. And that right there, when Brandon Staley said that, I already kind of felt like they were having plans of keeping Amen on the roster. And I was right. So I'm happy about that. But this is because this guy is a good player, and I feel like this guy is going to help this Chargers team. He's going to add to a young linebacking core that we feel really good about that has some really good skills, some guys that are really coming into their own in this new defense, and Amen is going to help that. He's also really going to help on special teams. Brandon Staley called him a general on special teams. That is a very big compliment. He also said that he can see. uh, It feels like his aptitude to learn the defense was very impressive. He felt like he already had that defense down, and you know that's notoriously a very complex defense that Brandon Staley has installed for this team. So it's very impressive that a guy who's an undrafted free agent was coming in was able to show mastery of that defense. So he's going to help on special teams. He's going to help on defense. Really love that Amen made this roster. Yeah, I mean, and he was quick to kind of say, too, like, this guy played linebacker well, too. It's not just a special teams thing, but he is a core four special teams player. And, yeah, that's going to play a factor at the end of this roster. And that's what we'll talk about with Keeman Hall, too, just because that's how these guys end up making it. And although Bong did play well at linebacker, I don't think he gets this spot unless he's playing well on special teams, too. And Staley also talked about the fact that between him and Nick Neiman – They got a couple of guys who can play professional football, right? And these guys are seeing that they can hang with these guys. And he talked about how impressed he was with those two players specifically. And that just goes to show you, too. I mean, it seems like a lot of these decisions were made after the second preseason game, right? That was one of Forrest Merrill's best games. Tyron Johnson had the worst game there. Things like that seem to be happening in that second game. And not really taking too much out of that third game, which is the one that Eamon ended up missing. I'm happy for Ogbong Bamiga, one of my guys that I thought played super well and definitely deserved that spot. And it'll be interesting to see because obviously the spots at the end of the roster are going to be tough because moves still could be made. Brandon Staley said they're going to be scouring the waiver wire and a lot can happen between now and when the Chargers open up week one as far as putting that best 53-man roster together. 
One of the guys that could be subject to that a little bit, David, is Keeman Hall, who Brandon Staley was asked specifically, did this guy make it because of special teams? And he basically said yes. I mean, he said that was a big factor in it. I think those back-end DB jobs, you know, special teams play such a critical component in it. And then certainly their versatility as actual defensive backs, the versatility in the defensive backfield and being able to contribute in a meaningful way in the core fours certainly is a big component in those back-end DB spots. And David, we do know of another DB that could be returning potentially from the COVID-19 list. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like Keeman Hall is probably a placeholder for Ryan Smith right now, who the Chargers signed and brought in specifically to impact that area of the Chargers is on special teams. They really want to have him, and he's a guy who's known to be a very, very good player, a guy who's going to help you in that aspect. But he's on the COVID list, and he's also dealing with that core muscle injury. And so there's a possibility that he could be put on IR. Right now, because he's on the COVID list, he doesn't count towards the 53. And I feel like that's a direct reason why the Chargers kept another corner that has a similar skill set and also a similar path to this roster. Yeah, he's going to be a big special teams player. And Brand Staley thinks that he can move him around right in that secondary. Maybe he can help fill in if they need him to at multiple different positions. We did see him moving a little bit around during training camp and things like that. That versatility is something that he mentioned. And I don't want to minimize this guy making the roster because guess what? There's a ton of other guys he was going up against that didn't make it, right? And he like made I, some plays early on in the preseason. Sure, he forced a fumble in the first game. A lot of people thought it was Gilman. It was actually Keeman Hall making a nice hustle play. And Brandon Staley loves that, right? Finishing plays. He makes the big-time special teams play, and you know the coaches are always going to be thinking about that. But, I mean, congratulations to a guy that definitely had some stiff competition back there. There was a lot of DBs the Chargers brought in. He was the guy that ended up making it, right, over John Brandon and Dante Vaughn and some of those other guys fighting for a spot. And all of those guys were getting tried out on special teams and stuff as well. So congrats to Keeman Hall. Excited to see what he can do, right, and also hoping that we don't have to see him because that would mean some of the other Chargers have not made it through, right? So let's get to the last part here, David. Tristan Viscaino is the official winner of the kicking battle. This is one where, hey, we heard it early on from Daniel Popper. Credit to Daniel Popper who – Kind of gave us, uh, you know, an inkling of how this coaching staff really liked Tristan Viscaino, right? I mean, talked about how he had experience with Shane Day and also Darius Swinton. And throughout this whole thing, David, we said, read the tea leaves. I mean, every time they talked about the kicker battle, kickoffs are important, right? So even though Tristan Viscaino misses a 47-yarder and that's the last thing we saw from him, Michael Badgley makes a 50-yarder in the preseason and was better most recently, right, he was the guy that was probably winning the battle the last couple of weeks but didn't win the war. In the end, Tristan Viscaino kind of limps into this one. And from Brandon Staley himself, I mean, the kick act, he said the kickoff aspect of the job is really important. We feel like he's got a special kickoff leg. We felt like directionally hang time he can create an advantage for us in the field position game. And so much about field goals is just getting that experience. And the only way you do that is to go out there and do it, and we wanted to invest in that. So, David, the Chargers end up getting their winning kicker, Tristan Viscaino, who I'd rather at least do the experiment with, you know, than Michael Badger, who we're still seeing continually struggle with the same issues. So I don't have a problem there, but obviously didn't do enough to make you feel really good about the Chargers kicking game. Yeah, no, I think the last aspect of what Brandon Staley said was very important is that 
Tristan Vescaino has some skills that they feel like they can develop. He's a younger kicker. He hasn't really been around the league very much. And, and Michael Badgley has been here for four years. So I think they saw what they saw from Brand. Uh, they saw what they were going to see from Michael Badgley. I didn't really feel like that he had tools that they could work with and develop and get better. They feel like Tristan Vizcaino has the stronger leg and they feel like they can continue to develop the accuracy on the field goals. And it seems like they're comfortable with allowing that to work itself out throughout the season. Hopefully for the Chargers sake, he's able to be accurate from the get go. But this is a guy who grew up as a Charger fan, so him being the kicker of the Chargers has to be a really special moment for him. Yeah, congrats to him because, I mean, I don't think they gave him this job even though he didn't do as well towards the end of it. He still went out there and earned it, and I'm pretty sure he still finished with the better field goal percentage out of the two of them when you're combining all of the preseason and training camp kicks that he got to do, right? So I do think he rightfully earned the job. It's just hard to have a lot of, you know, trust in that situation because I know Joe Reedy who covers the Chargers also put on Twitter that since the Chargers moved to LA kicking game has been a huge problem for them and they're only averaging less than 75% field goal accuracy which is he also said that Tristan Vizcaino is going to be the ninth kicker since 2017 yeah I mean you know what they say if you have nine kickers you probably don't really have one I mean I think the thing that hurts Right, is during that time you have a guy like Young Waku who gets away, right? And you have Josh Lambeau. Josh Lambeau, who's, you know, one of the best kickers in the league now. Michael Badgley might do that too, but I mean, it just, you didn't want to have to go through another season trying to figure that out. And at least with Tristan, Tristan Viscaino, who won this job rightfully, we have a chance to see something different, a new prospect who they want to invest time in, and I'll definitely trust them with that. And I think that's the biggest thing with this day is there's a ton of overreaction going around. I don't agree with some of the moves, right? I'd rather have someone other than Trey Kippins. I'd rather have someone other than Josh Kelly get more depth at other places, even at quarterback with Easton Stick or whoever the third-string quarterback is. I don't necessarily get the advantage there, but I do see more teams around the league doing that, like Seattle just did that as well. Even though and, Gino hey, this Smith might not be the final product either, Daniel, and I think that's important to remember. For sure, and this is definitely kind of a rapid reaction show, but we did have some time to think about it. We had time to, you know, kind of let it settle throughout the day when the cuts happened. So I'm not going to overreact. I'm still trusting Staley. I think the biggest question you just have after this, right, is how much of the decisions were Staley's? How much of the decisions are Telesco's? Because trust is hard to earn. And when someone breaks your trust, right, and keeps investing in things that aren't smart and not really being able to be accountable for that, the trust can get broken. And I think at times that's happened with Tom Telesco, right? And John Spanos, potentially all of those guys, the president of football operation, there's been violations of trust there. We still trust Brandon Staley. The biggest thing is though, how much of it is him making those decisions? How much of it is Tom Telesco making these roster decisions? I mean, you'd like to hope that Brandon Staley would have the last word and he really does want some of those players. But when you hear him saying, hey, we're hanging tough with Trey Pipkins, it's hard to think that Tom Telesco might not have a part of that, right? So I think that's where kind of some of the distrust and overreaction comes from. But let's let it play out. Let's trust in Staley as we have and just hope that it all works out for the best. And hopefully if Tyron Johnson isn't on the practice squad, right, Cortez Brown, Braden Fayhoke, all these guys, hopefully they can catch on with somewhere else and maybe even prove the Chargers wrong, right, and show that they still could play some of the guys we hoped would make the team. But that is going to do it for today's show 
so much to get into. We appreciate you guys checking out the show because there was definitely a lot to talk about and a lot to react to. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow when we'll be getting into the best options on the waiver wire. So a ton of guys just got waived. There is some talent up there on the free agent market right now or on the waiver wire. So there's a couple days for the Chargers to act on that. Tomorrow we'll bring some options for guys that could potentially come to the Chargers 53-man roster and shake things up. But until then, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. And make sure to rate and review if it's possible where you stream the show as well. You can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalksSports. You can find David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And you can also find the show's page at LockedOnLAC. And we also now have a Locked On Chargers Instagram page at Locked On Chargers and a Locked On Chargers Facebook page. I do see your guys' voicemails. We definitely got some voicemails. And between this week and next week, I'll definitely be getting into them. So if you guys have your reactions to the roster, make sure to call into 323-524-7924. We try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with some waiver wire options for the Chargers. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.